Welcome back to another episode of Relish the Journey. This was an amazing episode for me to record. I felt like JB and I are kindred spirits and think along the same lines in so many respects, which is neat for me to say because I haven't accomplished near the amount of things that my guest you're about to meet has accomplished. He's been an actor in film and theater. If you know the movie Radio with Cuba Gooding Jr., he was in that. He's had an appearance on the TV show Prison Break. He's done so many things with speaking and coaching and athletic training even. And the way he approaches it is uh, from a place of what I describe humility and just pure determination to make other people's lives better. It's not even a selfish thing for him, which is really inspiring. So here is JB the Wizard. Enjoy this one. feel like in researching you, you go by quite a few names, right? It was like (laughs) JB the the speaker pro, JB the wizard. I think I saw a chiropractor for my soul on your website. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You got a lot of aliases and I'm just curious. uh, It seems like everyone's a story, right? So like who's the first person that called you a wizard of all things or a chiropractor for their soul, you know, give us some background. Totally. Those are great questions. We, we can go into those. Those are cool, cool talking points. Um, you can call like you can call me JB the Wizard. That's the one that's that's stuck. Okay. Um, uh, JB the Speaking Pro. That was a website. It still points to my current website, which is futurewithwizard. dot com. Um, but like on Instagram, it's not JB the Speaking Pro. It's uh, the Wizard is real. So. JB the Wizard is probably the best way to go. Even on LinkedIn, it's LinkedIn.com, blah, 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 JB the Wizard. So that's the safest bet. Okay, so you are the wizard. And how did you get that magical title? So here, here's how it goes. I work with clients. I, I help CEOs and celebrities get in alignment by removing mental blocks. That's my passion. That's what I do. And it started off like we were just talking about being the speaking pro and a public speaking coach sort of thing. So... I went from um, pre-medical degree to acting, to directing, to producing, and then to helping people with public speaking coaching because I've performed on television, film, commercials, voiceovers for Cartoon Network, video games, everything like that. So when it came to helping people with presenting and communicating that way, I have a lot of credibility. I'm very comfortable with that, and I like it. So... I initially was like, okay, I'm a public speaking coach and certain clients connected with me. Well, what ended up happening was there was a common thread to what I was helping them accomplish. They would say they would get unlocked. They would feel in alignment, right? They would feel open. Um, They would usually make a lot of money quickly after we worked together. And that sort of thing kind of happen. They would find their true purpose and fulfillment. So one day I was working with one of my clients and his name is Charlie Rocket. He He's a Grammy award winner and an Emmy award winner, Nike athlete, front cover of Runner's World magazine and all of that stuff. And it wasn't, things weren't necessarily happening exactly how he wanted to at this point in his career. So we started working together and all of a sudden things started really just crack, crack, opening up for him. And he said, what this is <laughs> i think i even have this call recorded like what is going on i don't <laughs> even know what's happening this, what he said. this is crazy this is remarkable you know what 
I'm I'm deleting your name from my phone and I'm just writing in the wizard. I feel like you're just a wizard that lives in the side of a mountain and jumps <laughs> out to talk to me and you jump back into the mountain. Like, what's happening? So I said, okay. So that's when he deleted it and he just wrote the wizard. And from that day on, I started going by the wizard because I, first of all, I, I love that these names that I've acquired they were even JB the speaking for they were they were like given to me you know in the chiropractor for the soul and the wizard and so these are experiences that people were having and it helped me to see you know the impact I was having on my clients and in the world and for me what happened with the wizard it, it was the most clear and confusing way to describe what it is that I do and it really resonated with me and I well, since I uh, stuck with it it really you know it's resonated with a lot of people so. That's how I got the name. He called me that, and it, it stuck. I love that, and it it's good marketing too. Because I know when we first connected online, I'm like the wizard. <laughs> right. who, who the heck is this guy? Right, and it right, makes right. you want to look deeper because so many people are out there saying I'm a coach, I'm a this, I'm a that, and totally. you're the only wizard I've met so far. So it, I know, right? And it's it's cool, like you yeah. said, like you earned it. It wasn't something where you just woke up one day and right. said, "I am now the wizard." And I shall cast exactly. spells and come to me, you know? So, <laughs> so that's right. cool. Yeah it, yeah, it wasn't like, let me be creative. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it wasn't like, you know, let me be creative and, and cool. But yeah, it definitely organically happened. And it was, uh, had, you know, intent behind it and real out, you know, from the, from the people. And then I've, I've had clients I was working with for a while. Even, even last week this happened. And I was working with this guy. I've known him for, oh man, I don't know, 17 years. And he said, now, because something happened, we were talking about during a call, and again, it just unlocked for him, right? It just really was like, oh my gosh! And I always see that people are just sitting on money. They're just sitting on money. They're just, and they don't realize it. Like there's so many things that and skills or stuff that you have, but what I do is I just kind of get the muck out of the way and show you the answers you already know, and then how to take action on those. So this happened like last week and he said, man, that's some wizard stuff. <laughs> he said, I get it. And then I had another client I was working with for like over a year and he just messaged me. He said, I get it. I, I, this is why they call you the wizard. So it just keeps happening. And it's still, like I said, the, the clearest and most confusing way to, you know, to, to break down what it is that I do. And, and it does set, set me apart, you know, it's, because I, 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 I do not like the word life coach. Uh, even the word coach is a little bit sketchy for me, but wizard is like, yep, I can do that. I'm okay with that. <laughs> right. Back to that first instance when you became the wizard, what was, uh, how, why, you know, what was the thing that you did with that client that made it click? Do you think for him where it, it on yeah. the spell worked, you know? Yeah. 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 So, um, this should help out a lot of you know the people that listen to this. Whether you're an entrepreneur, business person, you want to be an entrepreneur, you're a creative of some sort. For me, my degree is pre-medical, express physiology. I love the body. I'm fascinated with the body. I've always wanted to know how it works since I was a kid. And I also knew that I was going to be on television at the same time that I wanted to figure out the body. So while those things seem a little bit not related, it's me. And it's like, it's my journey, right? So when I'm in college and then I audition for the Hollywood film and then I go on to make other things and then direct, what I had to pay attention to in my own life was what is the common thread? Like what's, what's the core of me and what it is that I do really well. So I realized 
throughout that whole thing, being an actor, a lot of people think acting is pretending, but acting is being authentic, it's telling the truth, it's being present, it's being alive, it's being honest right now. And I'm very good at that just as a person. So when I started to direct, all I had to do was help people to be honest, to be authentic, to be uh, you know, clear with what it is that they want to communicate, to be in this moment. So then when I transitioned into coaching, my only thought process was how can I continue to do the very core thing that I'm amazing at without other distractions? So let, let me remove the camera. Let me remove the lights. How can I just work with another person and now direct their mind instead? And so that's what I did with, with Charlie. And so I do with all of my clients is I help them to get to this spot of authenticity and clarity and when you can get to that place, that's where your that's where your gold is. That's where your money is. That's where your your fulfillment is. And once you find that, everything opens up. It's almost like the whole universe conspires to help you at that point. And um, so I realized that that's what I had been doing my whole life with people. But I was semi distracted trying to do other things to make money. And that's why I tell people like making money is the easy part. It's not hard, you know, buy low, sell high type of thing. But getting in alignment, that's a very big challenge. But I realized for myself, I was good at seeing other people's alignment. And I needed to do that for myself. And almost like becoming the wizard was me doing that myself. And like everything opened up for me at that point, too. So what I was helping other people with, I then applied to myself. And then now applying to myself, I turned that back around to help other people with. Nice. And that can be so hard. I struggle with that. You know, my, it's so hard. my day job is in marketing. And so I help businesses all the time come up with these strategies and great ideas and plans. And then I sit down right. and I think about my stuff. I'm like, you, just, you can't right. sometimes. Right. You're just like, I don't know. I need, but that's where, that's actually what brought me to finding a coach when I, the first time I did. And I got involved in a mastermind community and now I actually run mastermind groups too. And like you said in the beginning, something I think is so true. Sometimes we just need someone to hold up a mirror and like show us us. And it's like we see ourselves for the first time and we just have to hear what we're thinking from somebody else's mouth. And that's the magic, right? And then it just, you just kind of flows out of you because that's the experience I had. And it's crazy once that happened for me, it was like last April. Since then, it's been nuts, the kind of things that have started to happen in my life. Still, still waiting on all the money to start flowing in, but it's, I see it. I see <laughs> right. it though. You know, it's, it's starting to happen. Right. It's a slow trickle at first, but I, I agree with everything you're saying. And it, it's just hard for some people to, to take that first step, I think, because it feels uncomfortable to look at yourself without the, the filter, I guess, and be honest right, about right. it. Right. Absolutely. I mean, for what you said just resonated, resonated with me a lot. Uh, it just helped me to see something else. Um, but you know, the thing, there's an environment that again, I realized that I was doing my whole life for people, but now I do it, you know, as you know, as, as the wizard. And it's really the environment my father gave me. So I kind of learned how to be a wizard from my dad. And um, and now my sons, I have five children. One of my sons is like, Dad, they're all like this. Dad, okay, I want to be a wizard. Okay, what do I got to do next? And I'm like, okay, so here we go. First thing is, you know, <laughs> let me go That's into. That's awesome. It. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. And so the, the environment that that I create is really one of um. One way of saying it is unconditional acceptance. So I've, I've heard, I, I probably would say everything. I've heard a lot of things and I've seen a lot of things from 
very, very horrible to very, very, you know, not expected. And I see, I just don't care. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. Like I want to know, like we, we've got some work to do. And so we got to get past all that. And so, and to figure out what's really going on. So creating that arena of unconditional acceptance or love or like no judgment, like just for real is um, beyond a safe space. Like you yourself could just breathe in that spot. And when you can breathe for a moment and it's quiet and you're not afraid of what's inside of yourself, we could start listening to it. That's where all the answers are. So that's, that's really one of my, the secret weapon. And what's cool about what you, you said that helped me to realize something is people ask me a lot, well, who's your, your coach or who's your, you know, wizard basically. And for a long time, I was like, huh, I don't know. Like, I guess I just know all these things, <laughs> but I, I knew for sure my parents and, um, you know, gave me such unconditional acceptance. So that was helpful. They set me up well in that arena emotionally. And then on top of that, uh, you know, where we get, where I get my name from, and even the wizard, you know, paying attention. And I learned so much while I help people. And I think that's something that we could possibly learn from too, as you know, business owners and entrepreneurs that like each client I coach at the end of each call, I, I say, congratulations to them. And then I say also thank you to them. And that's coming from a real place because I learned something every single time as well. Yeah. I think I love, you just really nailed the sort of ethos of this podcast is I believe that every single person I encounter has a story to tell and also something to teach me. And so I think it's every time you talk to somebody, I think what you just said is true, but you have to put yourself in the mindset to that. Like how can you make the most and show up powerfully to every single interaction you have with another human being, give them something, but also allow yourself to take something from it and not feel bad that you're taking because it doesn't have to be a negative. You can learn, you can grow as a person from every single person you interact with. And if we all did that, it would be wild what would happen in the world because everyone would just be leveling up all the time. There'd be a lot of awesome right. things happening. Right. And you know, even just this conversation we're having right now, you're that type of a person, right? And so what we hope is also your listeners are that type of a person. And the type of a person that you are, that you're describing here is what I I call like a learner, you know, just a constant learner. And what you just said about everybody would level up. It's technically maybe not a hundred percent of people are that way, but when you come in contact with other people that are that way, you definitely want to surround yourself with that kind of a person and what you probably, you know, your mastermind, right? Where everybody is just wanting to improve, to be a constant learner, to constantly grow. Jesse Itzler's like that. Uh, my clients are like that. I'm like that. You're like that. So it's, it's good for your listeners, for yourself, for myself to get in a mastermind like that, to surround yourself with this, this uh, type of a person and these types of people. So I think that's a big tip here. Yeah, for sure, man. And so I'm curious, I'm talking about masterminds and, and speaking and coaching. When did you make that switch? I mean, you went right from college to acting and sure. you got a, a fantastic resume as far as that goes. And it's all on the website that we'll link to in this. So I'm not going to read the whole thing here, but <laughs> how did you, like, what was that moment for you? when you said, you know what, this this works, this transitions, you landed your first speaking gig. Someone came to you and said, can you teach me? What was that, that pivot moment? Sure. Um, so yeah, a few, let's see here. 
I could walk them through pretty quickly. When I was going to, to college, um, there was a, I, I, again, I knew that I really wanted to learn more about how the body functioned. I was a martial artist since I was six years old as well. And I played, you know, basketball, football, and track. And I wanted to learn more about how the body operates. So I, I went, applied to this one college, didn't put a ton of effort into it, but I knew where I kind of wanted to be. They ran out of dorm room in that state. And then I got a full scholarship plus to a different college and that they had room available. So I went there, I got paid to go to college, which was cool. And that's kind of how I went that route, right? I got the letters and they're like, okay, here, here's money and here's all it's for, for like academic scholarship. And then that, then in my sophomore year, a friend of my mom said, Hey, there's a Hollywood film in the area. They're, they're auditioning. So I was like, Hmm, I know I'm supposed to be on TV. Uh, okay, great. I guess this is the opportunity. So I went and auditioned. Now there were, there were challenges along each of these transition points. The university one, the challenge was I wanted to go to this one college and then they ran out of room. Well, what am I supposed to do now? And then I had to pivot. And then the opportunity happened to be right there. I was open to that opportunity coming. When I was auditioning for the film, this was a gigantic film. I didn't even know everybody who was in it. But the day before my audition, it was, I was uh, doing some basketball stuff and it was a basketball role. I sprained my ankle, the worst I'd ever sprained it in my life. I sprained my ankle like 20 times. This was the worst one. So I couldn't walk. And I had to get, that's a story in and of itself. But I got through it, got cast, and that was great. And then I moved into, uh, I went to audition for a theater role. I had never done theater in my life. So I didn't know what to expect. And this is like a good problem to have, but I got cast in the lead for all four uh, shows that oh, were playing. Man. Yeah. And I, I never did it before. So like theoretically, again, this is kind of a good problem, but I never did it before. So I didn't know what was going to happen. Was I going to get embarrassed? Was I going to fail? So I stepped up and I did really, really well. And then, um, and I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. So they've always been my own businesses. So there are challenges in that. There are big ups, big downs. Um, I went to Oklahoma. I knew I wanted to be a director. I contacted the director. There's some adversity there, but he was so gracious. He said, come, you can learn from me. He's the, re- the director of Children of the Corn and then the, God, uh, the producer of the Godfather trilogy. And I just continued to take these steps. I guess a theme that I noticed is it's definitely, I'm definitely comfortable in the uncomfortable. And it's certainly always towards what my goal is and it's in alignment with who I am as a person. Those are the common themes behind each choice. When I, I continue to do acting and then remember Fortune 500 company Transamerica found my company to do their uh, innovation films across North America. So that was an amazing opportunity. I had some adversity there and a lot of that adversity was personal. (laughs) This is a weird, another good problem to have, but I was charging a decent amount of money and I basically had to get myself emotionally to the place where I could charge like 20 times that amount. (laughs) And that's a good problem to have, but it's a real problem. Yeah. That's a real thing is getting over one asking for money and then having a big number come out of your mouth and feeling like you deserve it and you're not a complete imposter. Yes. That's real stuff. And if you can when you can grow past that, it really opens yourself up because money is just energy. It's just energy. So 
I think that money is the lowest form of energy exchange. Not low like bad, but just as the smallest uh, circuit of energy exchange. And so mastering that is very powerful. Um, so I do it with a lot of people who have money blocks of some sort. And then we, you know, break through those. And the only reason I can help people break them is because I've had to go through that pain many, many times. Yeah. Right? So, so if we if we stay yeah. on that idea, I, I think this is an interesting idea about money being the lowest form of energy. What would you think would be the highest form of energy that you could exchange? Yeah, time. Yeah. Time. For it's, sure. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, all, that, that my kids know it. They say time Time is expensive. Money is money's cheap, right, Dad? I said, that's right. Time is very expensive. Money is cheap. That's period. You you can't right now in this, you know, 2020, we can't uh, like reproduce ourselves. We're not like omnipresent. Like you and me are here right now. You and me, we're here. We're not, you know, in New Zealand. However, money can be can be sent to New Zealand in a lot of different ways. And you and I can impact or affect another human being in New Zealand with money with like just a click of a button. Right. We could feed somebody. We could, you know, help some. We could do a lot of things with the money. We could do that to New Zealand and Hawaii and Canada while you and I are on this phone call. That's the amazing power and beauty of money. But we can't do that with you're in my flesh and bone. So that's very expensive. So anytime you have an opportunity to use money to do something, um, it's the cheapest way to do it. So you want to you do that. So that, that's what happens with coaching. Some people are like, oh my gosh, it's so expensive. It's like, well, it's extremely cheap given the five years it would take you to accomplish this. Because if you can accomplish something in one year versus five, that's four years that yeah. some people are very willing to exchange as opposed to money. Let alone the whole they, lifetime it took you to get to the point where you can share that with them in a year, not right. five. I mean, it's... <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a like, huge This is my 17 years of pain taught to you in eight weeks. You know? Yeah, <laughs> you can't even put a number to that, you know? It's... Right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, that's interesting. I never thought of it that way, but I, I subscribe to that. I agree with you. I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah, it's really it's a really helpful way, um, you know, ground to step on and to move towards that the freedom that we have to experience in order to accomplish the rest of the goals. Right. It's just you know, it's such a um, such a it's not necessarily sad. It's just a reality. It's really a blocking sticking point for a lot of people. But so to continue with the thing, I um, I was traveling up to Philly. You and I were talking about Philly. You know, I, I was saying how much I like Philly, and I was traveling up to Philly. One day, and I came across a quote from Warren Buffett, and he said, the number one skill to acquire in order to increase your career value by more than 50% is public speaking. So I was like, wait a second. Number one, I'm great at public speaking. I enjoy public speaking. My credentials are amazing. I can help a lot of people. And on top of that, if it's the number one fear as well, like this is, this is it. Let me, let, me, let me pivot to that. Um, because in alignment with who I am, plus my credentials are great. It helps me accomplish my goals that I already had, which is how can I do what I'm doing with less and less and less, meaning no camera, no crew, no editing, no laptop, like just me and another person. Right. And so that's that's what happened. So I started um, reaching out to people and did started that business the way I started, you know, every business. And people started hearing about me and that we work found out about me and they asked me to come speak to the top managers in Manhattan. So I did. And then things kept on steamrolling from there. So that, that's how I made that pivot. I, I connected it to my experience, plus my passion, plus my goal, and then, you know, took action. So Warren Buzzett, Warren Buzzett, Warren Buffett in that instance was your wizard. Yeah, he totally uh, was. He told you what you already knew that you 
you know, we're great at public speaking, right? But you just saw it in a different light, and thanks to the wizardry of Warren Buffett. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. A lot of gratitude towards him. Just let him know that someday. That's true. Good point again. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's cool. I like that. So when you talk about helping people remove blocks and, you know, working on the mind, do you ever encounter people that say, even though you have all this great life experiences, JB, you know, you know, you're not really a doctor, you're not a psychiatrist, you know, who are you to get messing around in my brain? You know, are you really qualified sure. for this? Do you, do you ever encounter that with people? No. <laughs> That's awesome. I don't. I, I love that I'm hearing that answer more and more often. It used to be when I asked people that question that there was so much talk about haters out there and people sure. questioning you. I really feel like as a society, people are moving more towards just accepting people for their life experience and what they've done versus, you know, a piece of paper that they hold that says they're qualified. Yeah, literally last week. And I mean, you know, working with me is, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy, right? So it's, uh, I work with some high, you know, some high net worth people. And I had a client ask me, we were, we were working on him getting unlocked in the area. And this person said specifically, and this is, this is so helpful to anybody hearing this. This client said specific, specifically to me, not only do I not even want to know, I just don't care. So about any kind of quote-unquote credential, what people call credentials. So here's what happens. There's a reason for this, though. There's a reason for this. Uh, let's, we, we could say that people understand nowadays that... Um, I don't know, a piece of paper is a piece of paper. <laughs> like, we could say that. But I think it's even deeper than that. When you're, and this is going to help out a lot of these entrepreneurs right now in your audience. And this is one I want, like, everyone to really, really hear. Because this was really helpful for me in my life. The person who is able to work with you, to engage with you, to purchase your product, they're, they are someone who want uh, a result. That's what they want. They care if you can help them get what you're saying you can help them get. So whether help them get to a place, acquire something, achieve something, whatever that is, that is what they care about. The person who is very into you, they're not um, going to take the action steps required to help themselves. That is has been and is still very life-changing for me. So I want to bring up a few examples. When people say, okay, JB, so what can you, you can help me get in alignment? Yep. You can help get rid of my mental blocks? Yep. You, you can help me, um, you know, what, know what to do next and have clarity? Yep. You can help answer my questions for life? Yep. Okay, great. Let's do it. The person that starts to say, okay, JB, wait, so what, what college did you go to? That person is more interested in you than they are in actually getting to their solution. Hmm. That's a great example because I was I was rattling off in my head what you said and I was trying to understand it, but that's a good context. Yeah, they want to know about you and not what you're going to give them. Yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. Let me see if there's any other way I could clearly say it too. They are just it's here's what I find. Here's a direct example. I find. Because sometimes I could fall, slip into a trap as well, right? I could, I could slip to the left and say, "Well, let me tell them why I'm qualified or why, 
you know, I've had this personal experience that could help them get unlocked. If I start to lean in that direction, I notice that the more successful of my clients, the people that end up engaging, they're like, okay, okay, okay. But so about, they just want to, they just want their problem solved. Right. I mean, it's literally like if you've got, got the bid, you know, a broken arm or got the bid, a very painful toothache. There are times when you're like, did this doctor go to Johns Hopkins or not? You know, <laughs> there's a time right. for but if you're, if you are literally not breathing, right. Or if your arm is like spilling out of your skin or if your tooth is hurt, you're like, can you get this tooth out? Can you give me a cast? I don't care what college you went to. Do you have cast material? Like, can you help me right now? That's what we call a bleeding neck. So those people, they want to know that you can solve their problem. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And you want to work with those people because they are willing to receive what you have to offer and they're probably going to be a better client than someone that's oh, fighting gosh, you every yeah, step of the way. A, oh, yeah, great. I'm glad you brought that up. You know, that's, that's a, you can hear in my groan, that's like 20 years of <laughs> entrepreneurial pain. <laughs> right. It just came out, right? Just 20 years of entrepreneurial pain. That's right. So it really, I, I you know, I, I, I subscribe to the 80-20 rule. So um, 80% of your income is coming from 20% of your clients. You want to fire the other 80%. Just fire any client that's a headache for you, any people that are not, oh man, showing up. 100%, you know, in my, in my business, I need people to be open, you know, and ready to shift their life around. So when they're ready to dive in deep, right, they meet me 100% and we go, we go deep and we do it. So that's in my business. Whatever your business is, you want a client that you enjoy working with because time is expensive. Money is cheap. So if somebody's giving you any amount of money, but it's not enabling you to feel happy, safe, fulfilled, comfortable, or enjoy what you're doing, that's expensive. So it negates itself and goes into the negative very quickly. So when you find someone that actually wants to solve their problem, that's where you want to spend your time. And that is the demographic that you want to continue to help. I love that. I'm going to isolate that clip and just play it over and over again for me. <laughs> yeah, please, please. That's like so sincere. I'm glad you, you went that route. Yeah, and it's, it's hard to lose sight of that. No, it's hard. It's easy to lose sight of that sometimes. Right. Because you can get caught caught up so much in what you're supposed to be earning in the money side, but this whole perspective you're bringing about the time, I think, is huge. Because you can waste oh, a lot man. of time and kind of get the wrong kind of money, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's scary, you know, depending on where you are, you know, in your business. But here's the thing: no matter where you are in the business, right? It's the same decisions. This is hard to hear, but this is truth, right? So when you get to the seven or eight figure mark or six figure mark, whatever you were doing when you were trying to make your first 500 bucks, that's going to be the same thing you're doing at six and seven figures too. So you want to go ahead and solve that problem now at that $500 mark. So when you see like, yeah, but you don't know what it's like to not eat. Yes, I do. Are you kidding me? You don't know who I am. Right. <laughs> you don't know what I've gone through. Right. So yes, I do. What I'm saying is I'm, I'm still saying the same thing. Uh, your time is expensive and just know that that client and human being and life that you like want to live and experience and help, it's there. You do have to put that work really to be committed to that goal. So listen, even, I mean, without getting specific, because, uh, <laughs> you know, today I was, um, I just feel, you know, let's say 
different different companies and, and outlets they either want to interview with me or um I can go public speak at their organization and these are like you know definitely seven eight you know nine figure places right so for me I could think wow that's really a big opportunity or that's a really big you know news station but I still have to make the same choice now that I made when I needed $200 and it's, is this person, is this activity, is this company in alignment with me? If you don't break the cycle of making choices just because you need the money, you'll never break that cycle. And then when you're really, really doing well, if you don't break that cycle, you'll still emotionally feel, still feel trapped the same way you felt when you needed 200 bucks. And I work again with clients that are doing, you know, a hundred million per year and are on the way up to a billion. And the reason we're engaging is because we got to find that spark, that drive, that authenticity, that alignment, and that fulfillment, because something along the way didn't get fixed. So like, I'm, I'm like almost like pleading, like listen to what I'm saying right now, because it applies at 200 bucks as much as it applies at 2 million. Yeah. What I, what I just popped in my head was you're giving that example is this thought that we're taught that gold is the standard that you know, money is weighed against. But what I'm thinking of in this conversation is that really it's time. So if you, if, we, if we think about like all those decisions you rattled off, if you remove money from it and you just replace the dollars by time, hours it's going to take you or what you could do at that time versus the other thing, what makes you happier with your time and you start making the decision about how you feel about that time spent, then that's probably what you're saying where the, the money just start. you're sitting on money and it starts to flow. That that's the yep. that's really the gold in all this. You said it perfectly, man. That's great. Absolutely, cool. loving it. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. That's that's gonna be my biggest takeaway from our conversation. I think and we're not okay. Even, great. We're not even done yet, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to pivot a little bit because a person like you, you, you travel a lot, you speak a lot, you've done a lot of things, done a lot of interviews, you get asked a lot of questions. But I'm curious, <laughs> all the questions you've been asked. What's something that you wish people would ask you that they hardly ever do? Hmm. Great question. Let's see. There's a question that is one of my favorite questions to answer, and that can maybe lead me towards another one. But my favorite question to answer is they say, which I don't want to take, I don't know what yours will be at the end of it, but usually they say, what do you want to leave people with? So, I think when they ask me that question of what I want people, what I want to leave them with, it's another way of, you know, what do I wish people would ask me? So um, they do ask me what I want to leave people with. And it's usually that what I always say is that you already have all the answers. And that is like such a, um emotional thing for me to say, because I, I just feel so much pain around that truth that if we would understand not just how great or how beautiful we are as, as people, but um, if we would really understand that we literally have the answers already, I think that our entire outlook would shift quite a bit. Again, you know, the help to see the answers that we already have, you know, is required, it is helpful, that sort of thing. But just knowing that you've got it can be very empowering. Yeah, I believe that. And, you know, I think it's, like you said, you already have the answers. We just have to learn to ask the right questions, you know? Yeah. And to listen 
and I do say this, listening, man, that, that, again, everything I tell my clients, same thing, you know, my, my, my children know, so same thing, some of my kids, listening is like everything, like every, every, everything. So people, like when I work with a client, I'm specifically public speaking, they'll say, one of the things I share with them is listening is what you have to do. So initially in some interviews, they'll say, well, how do I, I'm public speaking, like how, how can I listen? I was like, are you kidding me? Like, th- this is when your listening needs to be like at the top, at the top of everything, you know? It means paying attention. One of the things that I say, you know, my family a lot, I say, we listen with our eyes, not with our ears. So that's a big deal. So when we could learn to listen to ourselves, and by listening to ourselves, I don't mean do the message that our brain is saying to do. I mean, like, actually listen. I I really talk to the middle of my forehead and I say, listen, (laughs) listen. Um, So learning to listen is very, very challenging, but doing that. And then the next most important step is taking action. A quote that I really, really don't like is knowledge is power. Don't like that quote at all because it's like not. It's like potential energy, but we need it to be be kinetic. We We need it to move. And the way to do that is to take that knowledge and put it to action. Yeah, you're speaking my language. I often say that I hate the phrase that you can do anything you put your mind to. <laughs> because that means I could just sit on the couch and put my mind to a whole bunch of stuff and I can do any of it, right? But no, it's That's true. you can do right. anything you take action towards. So very, <laughs> right. very similar. Very similar. Right. And speaking of phrases we don't like, I don't like cake and eat it too. I like that <laughs> because I'm thinking... Who would want a cake and not want to eat it? I find that just ridiculous. Yeah. Like, yes, I want the cake, and yes, I want to eat it. What is this? Where did that quote come from? Like, you want your cake and you want to eat it too? I'm like, yeah, why would I not? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody who didn't have cake came up with that quote. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. That's funny. Uh, so, um, Relish the Journey is the name of the show, and I ask every guest to describe their journey so far in three words. So if you had to pick three words to sum up the, the wild ride you have brought us on so far, your path to wizardry, as it were, how would you describe it in three words? Painful, exciting, and fulfilling. Interesting. Painful, exciting, and fulfilling. So break that down for us, please. Um, starting with painful, why is that the first one? There's so many um, journeys and happenings along the way that were so painful uh, I mean, just some top thoughts. I mean, I had an, uh, I have to think about this a lot, but I had an iguana that I've always wanted since I was a kid. And uh, it's, by the time I was 18, I got this green iguana and her name was Sobe. And she grew and I took care of her. She grew to, I think she was four, about four and a half feet long. Excellent iguana. And she was in my backyard one day and the uh, the animal shelter people, I wasn't there. Uh, they took her because somebody said that it was a wild lizard that was loose. I found out later that they just, they like kidnapped her and sold her to a pet store and the pet store knew it was like a business thing they were doing. It was like oh a gosh. mafia. Of, yeah, it was horrible. That's crazy. It was horrible. It was, yeah, it was so painful because like Green Iguanas live so long, like my, my children would have been able to, you know, interact with her. So that, that's a, that's a weird one, but that was part of the, that was part of the journey because during that time I was acting and I was going to the theater Every day. I mean, another painful thing is uh, adapting to the different environments. I remember that 
I kind of came from film. So when I went to theater, it was hard to fit into that crowd a bit. And they were like, this guy, you know, he thinks he's a film guy. And then he didn't know about theater. So then I kind of had to to uh, adjust very quickly to that. And then, so that was challenging, feeling like an outsider. And then almost getting comfortable being an outsider, because I almost don't even think it was a film and theater problem. I think it's just, I think differently. And a lot of, you know, entrepreneurs and successful people, we, we obviously think outside the box, which is how other people don't. <laughs> so you're going you're gonna to come into contact with challenges. The ups and downs of entrepreneurship, not having clients and then having clients and then learning those lessons and not having money. I mean, I had a time where we, it was such a bad cycle. Like I, I didn't have money to pay a toll to get to an audition that if I got it would more than pay me so that I would have money, but I couldn't get to the audition. <laughs> and then I needed to find like 50 cents, but I didn't even have that. I think I might've had $3 in the bank account and then my couch cushions, I was just looking for coins. I ended up finding the 50 cents, which was amazing. And which was a lot of the time. Yeah. And hopefully you got and, the part, right? Yeah. I didn't get the part more pain, Oh, bummer. Yeah. <laughs> more pain. And then, um, I got back, then ran out of gas and then didn't have money to get the gas, but I needed money because they were going to, take the car like it was just a whole bad thing so i had to figure out huh and this is the cool thing i guess of being an entrepreneur and probably why i'm really good at making money and um help you know i'm just really good at it because i've gone through these painful things right so i remember i needed money so i figured out huh what could i do to what do i know what do i do that can provide value to somebody and i'm just i'm still asking that question every single day all the time which is how you know you know i am where i, where I am now and I remember, I think I had to walk because it was a mile away. And I just opened up the phone book. We had phone books at the time. <laughs> no more, but there were phone books at the time. And I, I just picked the name. I went to this person's house and I pitched them and they became a client. Wow. And that very day, I got hundreds of dollars, which was more than what I needed. And, um, and then I just started a cycle. And then I got another client. I started training, personal training this uh, cardiologist and then steamrolled i started changing some of the celebrities like it just got really big but it started with i had less than nothing and um so those those are painful times <laughs> i could probably keep listing painful times but that's why that's a big that's a big memory that's a big part of it for me. yeah and it makes sense that the next word was exciting then because i'm sure when you cycle out of the painful moments into the the success it's kind right. of very emotional in a, in a great way Right, yeah, and that's the yeah the excitement part is, are all of the changes, uh, adapting to all of the changes. Like even the quarantine stuff, the coronavirus stuff. This is you've got to adapt, and I, I've had to go through so many adaptations to adjust to market changes, client changes, uh, in this situation, quarantine changes. How can how can I adapt? And getting very, I'm very very good at that enables me to turn like literally almost anything into money or opportunities. So that's, that's very exciting for me now. So now what used to be painful, I now see as exciting. So that's, that's helpful. Yeah. And in many ways, it's kind of like the stock market, right? Other people's pain yeah. is someone else's opportunity. Well, people are putting their heads in the sand with the quarantine folks that are getting out there and iterating and experimenting and making it work totally. are, are poised to come out of this thing stronger than ever. 
A hundred percent. Absolutely. Yep. And a lot of people are afraid to say that because like people are dying and I get that. So I know. I I'm know. sure people give yeah. me crap when this comes out, but I'm not trying to make light of the disease. It's a real thing, but that doesn't mean right. we have to hold ourselves up in our houses and do nothing all day. Like this is an opportunity yeah. to better ourselves, to change the way we do business, to advance in the changing marketplace. And it's, it's a shame if people don't take it, take advantage of that opportunity to, to make something worthwhile right now. Absolutely. And listen, anybody that wants to, wants to give you crap about it, I've got somebody, you know, close to me that, that, that got it, man. And, uh, they're intubated right now. Oh you gosh. Know? And so it's, yeah, it's crazy, right? But at the same time, um, <laughs> I, I've gone, I've, I've been, you know, around the world. I've helped out people. I, I was in Africa, I was in Mexico, and England. All these places. I'm always looking to, you know, help like that. And sometimes you could think like, "Hey, don't waste this food." And sometimes it's like, "Hey, listen, um, that's literally not going to put food on that child's plate in Kenya, right? <laughs> you, right? So right. like, if you take that extra bite, it's not going to him." You know, so it's, at the same time, we shouldn't waste. Uh, there are different action steps we have to take to feed that child, you know, in Kenya, for this example. So at the same time, people are hurting, you know, you burying your head in the sand isn't helping that person. And it's also not helping you. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. So, yep. So as an entrepreneur and as a business person, you want to help, you want to help some of these corona uh, victims or this whole situation, like get creative, make some money. And then donate some masks. Yeah, right? stay at home. Just the other, yeah, yeah. Stay, oh, yeah, right. That's how you're going to help people. Home. Stay at home and build a business, <laughs> right. and you're not going to get any people sick. That's right. That's right. Stay at home. Create, you know, opportunity. Help people out. I mean, right now, just speaking of, you know, adapting. You know, I could view it like I speak to people, right? So I would, um, you know, motivational speak or, or talk at different conferences, that sort of thing. Well, right now, what am I? Theoretically, somebody could say, oh, what am I going to do? That's what I usually do. Well, since I'm just always excited now, I've already had companies reach out to me to do Zoom calls to their entire team of 100 plus people. Right. <laughs> right? And so it's like, if you, get, you just need to think of how can you provide value in this situation, whatever the situation is, and that's the best way to help people and yourself. Yeah, and from what I've heard from you in our about an hour here is that I think that's where fulfilling comes from for you, right? It's just that ability to have a positive impact on others and to help other people get to what you've come to realize on your own about what's possible. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Like that fulfilling thing, thank goodness. It's um it's just remarkable. I created a concept called circadian scheduling that I work that I bring my clients through and we really go through if you just got your trillion dollars, right? You are still you. So when you wake up with your trillion dollars, like you still got your muscles that either hurt or don't hurt and your bones and your face and your, your body, and you're still going to eat something and you're still going to walk and you're still going to feel a certain way with or without that money. People think like, no, oh, if I had, I'd feel great. Well, you're still you like trust me, like you're still you. So we got to figure out how to do that now. And me doing that, you know, myself, and then when I see that happen with other people and just the testimonials that I don't even ask them for it, right? That's, that's the cool part about what happens now. Like now, it's like, wait a second. We've just got a plethora of positive testimonials. How Before, like, you're building a business, you're like, oh, I need, like, five testimonials to prove that I'm good. Right. Like, now, 
They do, you know, because <laughs> like, then people won't believe me. But like when you do your thing and you're in your magic zone and you're in alignment, like they just spill out constantly. And so when that happens, it is very fulfilling. It's like, oh my gosh, like I just feel I found it. Like this is me. This is them. They're happy. I'm happy. You know, so that that's certainly the fulfilling aspect of it. So, yeah. Good job. Good job with those three word things. I haven't, I haven't had that question and I super like that one. Oh, that's good. I've never had. Good. I'm yeah. Glad. I like that one. Yeah. It's been interesting. I asked that to every single person I interview. And so it's been a fun sort of, um, like qualitative data experiment, I guess. Right. All the people I've interviewed, what are their three words? And I go back and look at it sometimes and I'm always, you know, pleasantly surprised to see that, you know, it gives me faith in humanity, I guess, to see that it's mostly positive words. You know, mm. when people describe their journeys in their life, there might be one or two, like you had painful, but at the end, it ended with yeah, fulfilling. Sorry about that. No, no, it's cool. I think, but I think it's, that's real, but it ended with fulfilling. It's not like everybody's living in painful. I think that's true of all the successful people I've interviewed is that they, they have that perspective and it is a positivity thing and you get what you put out into the world in many ways. Sure. So people listening to this, if they're as pumped up as I am after talking to you right now, where can they go find JB the wizard to, to get some of your magic? Yeah. Beautiful. I love how you think that. It's perfect. Uh, future with the wizard.com is a good site. Future with the wizard.com. And then on Instagram, the wizard is real. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your time. As we said, it's the highest form of energy and I'm grateful for the amount you spent with me tonight. So thanks. Absolutely, man. Thank you also. This was great. All right, that's a wrap for another episode of Relish the Journey. Very special thank you to all of you for listening, and another special thank you to JB the Wizard for being our guest this week. Lots of great stuff in this episode. I came away with just a lot of perspective changes, which I'm super grateful for. I hope you all feel the same. If you do feel the same, share this episode with someone that you know could benefit from it. It's how we grow our audience here at Relish the Journey. It's how JB grows his audience. And we can all spread this message of motivation and positivity and action. So as you leave this week, remember time is the highest amount of energy you can expend. It's your most expensive asset. Use it wisely and thank you for spending some of it here with us. Till next time, everyone. Cheers.